On another exciting entry of Animation Deliberation, we're talking Hulu-rama. The first half of the revival of Futurama on Hulu has come and gone, and I wanted to hop on and give some quick thoughts on it. Going to get right into that after some ads that are entirely random and we have no say over whatsoever. Sing along if you know the words. One, two, three, it's time for Animation Deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. All right. Welcome into Animation Deliberation, the podcast that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. My name's Jay Scotty St. Clair, and it's just me. Um, like I said at the top here before the ad break there, just wanted to hop on, uh, give some quick thoughts to the first half of Hulu-rama, the Hulu Futurama revival, the, I guess, technically season eight production-wise, season 11 as far as air airing goes. But yeah, um, I just non-spoilery thoughts here. Um, I haven't talked about this show since episode two which focused heavily on Kiff and Amy. But uh, I really I really did like this season. I thought it was uh, right up there with some of the best seasons of Futurama. It had all the hallmarks of Futurama in terms of being like this really absurd and dumb, but also surprisingly smart and witty and timely uh, animated series with, you know, all the sci-fi flourishes and they, they don't waste that at all. So it's just an outstanding cast of characters uh, voiced by some very talented people. So I'm pretty grateful uh, that they were able to get everybody to come back. I know John DiMaggio, who voices Bender, uh, when we were first hearing about this series, the negotiating it required to get him to come back to the role. I guess they kind of lowballed him in terms of what he was going to be compensated. But um, eventually they were able to get him on board, which uh, I can't imagine what the show would have felt like otherwise. Like, you know, similar show similar but different show, Rick and Morty, as well as um, Solar Opposites are having to contend with the departure of Justin Roiland currently with, you know, Solar Opposites taking the approach of just recasting with a, a new voice and just explaining within the story, having Dan Stevens there. And I think there was talk about doing something similar with Bender, having like a different guest actor kind of come in to voice the role. Because, I, I mean, you can, there are ways to, you know, work that out in your head canon with it being a robot character. But uh, I'll just, all right. So now that the, you know, the somewhat non-spoilery thoughts are out of the way, I will give a quick rundown um, of all the episodes that have aired so far, because uh, we knew that we were going to get a 20 episode season and the first 10 of those have aired yet. And uh, there are four other episodes on the docket that have titles attached to them, but no release dates uh, actually, you know what? All 20 episodes have titles for them, uh, but we do not have release dates whatsoever for the the final 10 episodes here. But, um, just to run down the titles of the episodes that I didn't cover and give you kind of a brief idea of what uh, they were about. Episode three was titled How the West Was 1010001. Nice uh, binary play on words there. Um, and in this one, Professor Fonsworth is indebted, indebted to the robot mafia after losing all his money on Bitcoin. So the Planet, Ex Planet Express crew uh, basically heads to this town where 
they're living in the old West because of, uh, you know, cryptocurrency mining. So a uh, pretty good episode, not super memorable in the great scheme of things. It kind of gets lost in the shuffle to me. Uh, but then we move on to episode four titled parasites regained. And in this one, the crew realizes that nibbler's litter box is infested with parasitic worms that are eating his intelligence. So, um, I did think that this was one of the really good episodes. We didn't get a ton of nibbler in this season, but this was definitely his episode. So, um, it also featured the return of the parasitic worms who uh, they plagued Fry back in the past. But I think that was like as early as like maybe su- season two, season three. So definitely, definitely a throwback and a callback and just kind of solidifies this, sh- this new season, even though it's coming from Hulu. Um, it is it doesn't miss a beat. It's, it's in line and, and you know, having those callbacks and continuity to the, uh, the previous seasons that aired elsewhere, be it Fox or be it Comedy Central. Uh, episode five was called Related to Items You Viewed. And in that one, Leela moves in with Fry, making Bender so jealous that he quits Planet Express and moves to work on the moon in the warehouse of Mamazon, an, online, an immense online shopping and delivery company owed by mom. Yeah, and, and this one, I think the big again, stand out for me was having the return of a character like mom and her three kids. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, mom is a classic Futurama villain. So just having, you know, her in the mix and, uh, it it just helped it really feel like a a season of Futurama. It didn't really feel so much like as this revival, even though it's been, you know, 10 years since we've seen these characters It really, I, I keep saying this, particular expression but it really feels like they just didn't skip a beat they just passed the baton on like the 10 years never really happened you know albeit i will say uh, i'm not going to be super negative on this one because i really did like the season but if i had to have any quibbles i will say billy west as much as i love him and the man is doing an insane amount of work with the number of characters he voices fry uh professor fonsworth farnsworth rather uh and zoidberg zap brannigan as well uh so he's doing, you know, a lot of work and incredible work. I will say in the 10 years that he has not voiced a lot of these characters, particularly Fry, Zoidberg and Professor Farnsworth, I did feel the age in his voice just a little bit. It felt like his register was just a little bit deeper and he had a harder time uh, getting to that higher register. But like I said, total nitpick. The man is insanely talented and we are uh, fortunate to have him be a part of this show and, and voice these characters and uh, endear them to us so much. But uh, let's move on here to episode six. I know what you did last or I know what you did next Christmas, which was, you know, uh, Futurama's had a number of Christmas episodes. And in the world of Futurama, Santa is not the, you know, the gift bringing hero that he he is in our culture uh robot santa is not a fun guy so they definitely had some fun with that it was kind of a bender zoidberg episode uh but another point of note for this episode is that it did feature kwanzaa bot and that was actually a posthumous uh final performance for coolio who passed away uh earlier so nice to have the tribute to him and and have that kind of throwaway character brought back into the fold All right. Episode seven was Race Against the Vaccine. Uh, After coming out of a third COVID lockdown, Earth is beset by a new virus, Explovid-23, that causes and is is transmitted by rage. Earth is additionally affected by the new pandemic when uh, Omnicronians launch a disinformation campaign to cause Earthlings to fight against one another over vaccine safety. That's so they can bet. I mean, this one wears its heart right on its sleeve. Like Futurama has always been 
a satire as pretty much all of the works of Matt Groening. Uh, but this one, like, uh, you know, the COVID pandemic that we all experienced, like as, as a, as a planet and as a society, uh, you know, was just pretty ripe. Futurama is not the first one um, to kind of, you know, tack, take it on or tackle it as, as the years have kind of gone on. We've seen more and more um, approaches to kind of adapting that whole whole situation, but you know, of course, Futurama did it, and it's uh, insanely, you know, smart, funny, and kind of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, it's funny, but it's also a little bittersweet because of the the truth that's there. I guess uh, I'm not expressing myself as well as I would like to, but you get the gist there. Definitely a uh, a solid episode, and gets points for the the cultural and, and social commentary. Uh, episode eight, Zach zap gets canceled. And this one, again, kind of like referring to the whole uh, cancel culture that our society is dealing with now. Uh, uh, you know, zap is, is a prime target for that. So zap is one of my favorite characters, love to hate him. He's such a buffoon. So to see him have to, you know, navigate a, uh, a, a world in which that kind of behavior is not tolerated was, was pretty great. And of course, you know, uh, Zap manages to fumble his way to, you know, upward, upward. He fails upwardly uh, is what I'm going to say. But, uh, you know, uh, I definitely enjoyed that episode. But then we get into the final two episodes is where I really feel like the the season came to a head, like figuratively and literally in terms of quality. Like these were some really, really standout episodes. And I, I found myself really enjoying them and looking forward to revisiting them and, and they hold a place as some of my favorite episodes of Futurama, not just within this season, but within the series as a whole. So uh, starting off with episode nine, the Prince and the product. So this one was interesting because Futurama in its previous seasons, not every single season, but uh, certainly the later seasons, um, they have a tendency to do a, a uh, anthology episode in which you get like, you know, four or five, maybe three or four, uh, little vignettes and these little side stories where you take the characters uh, from Futurama, but they're basically just, you know, uh, the players for these like various different stories they want to tell. It's kind of like American Horror Story uh, uh, or like the Twilight Zone or something like that, where uh, I, American Horror Story is the better comparison because you often see the same uh, actors just in different seasons. They portray different characters and the, it's the same thing here. The the Futurama characters are usually playing versions of themselves, but um, you know the the situations are always always pretty crazy. But uh, this one, what makes it unique from previous anthology entries is the fact that it has like a story device that like frames around it, like with the you know the title, the Prince and the Product. It's all about like Leela falling in love with this Prince of Space when they're on a delivery uh, mission, and and everything that goes wrong there. But within that story, which, I mean, uh, it's pretty short. There's not that much to it, but they make the most of what they do have, especially with the relationship between Leela and Fry, because this is like the first full season that we've really get to, to see them be a couple and how Leela just kind of throws that away, um, seemingly anyway. But we get these little vignettes and this one, they're all based on like products. So you get like a little infomercial or commercial like Jab, uh, jab at the beginning and then it just goes right into a story that features the characters as whatever product has been advertised so in one of them they're all wind up toys and Fry discovers he's dying due to his clockwork key slowly winding down uh, from his time in the cryogenic freezer 
And the next one, uh, it's a world of round wheels, cars, and citizens are being murdered not long after reading a text message. So it's kind of like The Ring or something like that. Uh, pretty, I, I like the way that one ended up going. It was pretty funny. And then in the final one, uh, there are rubber ducks and uh, these like egg weeble, weeble egg creatures. And uh, it's basically, you know, a star-crossed forbidden love situation uh, where these rivaling societies kind of uh, are forced to confront each other with uh, the, the, the lovers, you know. But anyway, I just really um, liked how this one was a solid anthology like we've seen in the past, but it really did something new with having that, uh, that story, larger story kind of uh, frame it and provide a reason why we were having this kind of, uh, you know, off kilter episode. But moving on from episode nine, we get to episode 10 titled All the Way Down. And again, I just really can't sing the praises of uh, these last two episodes enough, but this final episode, especially considering uh, that this is not the season finale or the series finale. Again, we do know that there are more episodes on the way. I thought this was a great way to at least enter this break that we're going to have and leave us all with something to really kind of like chew on um, intellectually, uh, which, you know, some of my favorite episodes of Futurama Dove does do <laughs> anyway. Um, in this one, Professor Farnsworth creates a simulation of their universe represented as low-res voxel models, which causes the Planet Express crew to wonder if they are living in a, in a simulation. And again, this is just the concept. And like, you know, Futurama, again, is not the first one to play with this idea of like, are we living in a simulation? Certainly the Matrix is mine that. Uh, Rick and Morty has certainly touched upon it. But just the way they go about it, uh, it's kind of like trippy in, in a way. Like uh, it seems pretty, you know, definitive. And, and Professor Farnsworth says as much like, no, we're not living in a simulation. We have, you know, these rules that govern our world and all, and all that. And then that's that's when Amy kind of chimes in. Like that's a lot like the programming of the simulation that you created. And then we just have like, you know, these three simulations like happening simultaneously, uh, pardon the repetition of, of simul there. Uh, but it, it, it gets kind of trippy to that point where you like start to see the lower level simulations, like get to that point where they're saying and, and doing the exact same things that the, the real quote unquote real world's doing. So, um, it really makes you think about the fact that like Futurama itself is a show and while it's not necessarily a simulation, it is something that was created and has a framework and a, and a structure. So um, it, it really did a good job of kind of like getting me that, in that headspace of like questioning, like, are, am I living in a simulation? And like, you know, I, I don't believe that personally to be the case, but I can't really, you know, argue definitively one way or another. So um, I love stuff that just, you know, really gets, gets my brain working like that, uh, which like so many great episodes of Futurama do. Uh, all right. So, um, yeah, that kind of, like I said, I wanted to make this one pretty quick, but I encourage, uh, those of you that are out there. Um, I, the reason I did this one solo is just because Futurama is one of my favorite shows and I was a little impatient. I couldn't wait for, uh, Zuhair or my, my co-host to, uh, watch it, which I do not blame them because there's so much content out there to watch. But if you are like me and have been consuming Futurama rapidly or Hulu Rama, 
and have some thoughts, uh, I encourage you, please send an email to animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com, or you can check us out on any social medias, just search animation deliberation. You'll find us. And if you like what we're doing here, you know, like subscribe, share the show, give us a rating and review. And, uh, Thank you, as always, for tuning in and stay whelmed. And that's T-O-O-N-I-N. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed.